Good evening and welcome again. We're glad that you're here tonight. We're very thankful for the opportunity that we have to study tonight. I want to invite you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And we're going to be looking at verse 23 and following. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 23. While you're turning, I said this morning that we want to wish all of our students a great school year. I know that school begins, I think, on Wednesday. And so teachers and administrators and other uh, personnel are already on site. And it's our prayer that this will be a great year and that you'll learn a great deal, make many new friends, and continue to build upon that foundation that has already been laid. We are looking tonight at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and in our study tonight, we're going to be talking about resilient in rough times. I have no doubt that many of you here tonight know something about rough times. There are a lot of folks in our world tonight that are suffering. Sadly, there are many people who belong to the body of Christ who are facing very difficult times in life. They are under duress. They are discouraged. Some have reached a point of depression. Some, as you well know, see no end in sight to the difficulties that they are facing. When I think about the trials and difficulties of life, I understand that life can sometimes deal us a series of setbacks, and some of the things that we face in life are very difficult to get through. Tonight I want us to look at a very short catalog of some of the things that Paul faced in his life. And Paul, in writing to the church at Corinth, in his second letter, he is defending his, apostle, his apostleship. But in chapter 11, one of the things that he does, he identifies some of the things that he has faced as a servant of God. And I know that those of us who make the decision to become Christians, we understand that it's not necessarily going to be an easy life. Now, it's a blessed life, but there are any number of problems and setbacks that we can face as children of God. Jesus talked about how those who would follow Him will suffer or face persecution. And so Paul understood that. He understood what, what lay before him as a servant of God. But I want to begin tonight by first of all talking about the adversities in the life of Paul. And when you read 2 Corinthians chapter 11, you have some insight into the many, many adversities that he faced in this life. I want to begin by first of all talking about the prophecy that was given regarding the ministry of Paul. You remember back in Acts chapter 9, Saul of Tarsus, he was, he was on the road to Damascus. He was going with the intent of binding Christian men and women, bringing them bound to Jerusalem. He is traveling northward to Damascus. The Lord appears to him. And as a result of that, that began setting in motion, setting in motion a chain of events that would ultimately lead him to obey the gospel of Christ. God chose a man by the name of Ananias to go and to speak to Saul of Tarsus. And Ananias, as you well uh, can expect, was somewhat reluctant 
He said, Lord, we have heard by many the things that this man has done. The reputation of Saul of Tarsus was renowned. People knew him. They knew something about his malicious intent to hurt the church, to harm those who belong to the body of Christ. And so the Lord said to this reluctant servant in the long ago, He said, I want you to go your way because he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. And then he makes this observation. He said, I'm going to show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. That really, in a way, summarizes the life of Paul. He would suffer immensely for the cause of Christ. And so, prophetically, the Lord said, Saul, you're in for some tough times. You need to brace yourself. I want you to think with me for a moment or two about some of the problems that he mentions in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 because in this chapter, Paul identifies some of the problems that he encountered in his ministry for the Lord. Pick up with me if you would, beginning in verse 23. He talks about his labors, more abundant. He said, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. He said, from the Jews five times I I received 40 stripes minus one. The law stipulated that a man could be, could be scourged with 40 stripes. 195 stripes laid upon the back of the Apostle Paul. I've often wondered how many scars Paul bore on his physical body. I suspect that we would have known Paul by the marks that he bore on his body for the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, three times I was beaten with rods. You remember back in Acts chapter 16 when Paul and Silas were taken into custody in the city of Philippi. The Bible tells us that on that occasion they were beaten with rods and then their feet were fastened in stocks. They were placed in prison. This is but one account that we have in Scripture of Paul being beaten with rods. He said, once I was stoned. You can go back and look at the record in Acts chapters 13 and 14. Paul had been preaching and teaching and engaged in missionary endeavors in Antioch of Pisidia. He had traveled from there to Iconium and then on to Lystra. And there the Bible tells us that he was stoned. As a matter of fact, if you read Luke's account, They thought he was dead. And then he revived, went right back into the city. Three times he said, I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep. Can you imagine spending some 36 hours at sea holding on to whatever debris you can find to keep yourself afloat? He said, in journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, 
in perils among false brethren. And then he said, in weariness and toil. Do you think the Apostle Paul labored from time to time to the point of extreme exhaustion? I would imagine that Paul, when he laid his head upon the pillow at night, I can only imagine what a relief that would have been from the toils and trials that he faced in life. Then he said, in sleeplessness often, deprived of sleep because of the difficulties he faced, in hunger and thirst. Can you imagine going without food and water? I don't know how long I could go without food. I know we can go longer without food than we can water. But imagine being deprived, not, not that we have made the decision to go without food and water, but we are deprived of food and water. He said, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, exposed to the elements, without proper clothing, cold and weary and tired, can't imagine. And then he said, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. When I read this catalog of difficulties that Paul faced in his ministry, I am struck by the fact that on the one hand, Paul suffered physically, didn't he? I mentioned a moment ago his beatings, stoned, beaten with rods, 195 stripes laid upon his back. I mean, over and over and over again, this man was subjected to the fiercest of persecutions. And then what about the emotional toil that no doubt it took upon him? I mean, you think about when you're hungry and thirsty and you're being beaten and you're in prison and then you're out of prison and you're back in prison and you're faced with this adversity and that adversity and all of these things are going on on a daily basis in your life. Don't you know that that would have taken a toil, a toll on you, emotionally speaking? And then what about spiritually? Paul mentioned some of the perils that he faced, one of which he said was he faced false brethren. Paul had a deep, a deep love for his kinsmen in the flesh, his Hebrew brethren. But then he, and he fought often, in many respects, with Judaizing teachers. There were those that made life hard on the Apostle Paul. He speaks of the deep anxiety, the care that he had for all the churches. I mean, we're talking about a guy that had a lot on him on a daily basis. So when we think about the problems that we face and the difficulties and trials that we face, I understand that life can be rough and there are rough times in the lives of many, many people here upon planet Earth. And some of us who belong to the body of Christ, we know what it means to face rough times. But as we face rough times, what we've got to do is become resilient. We've got to have an anchor. We've got to somehow make sure that that foundation is in place and we don't give way to the difficulties of life. So I want to think for just a moment or two tonight We talk about his adversities, and there are many. 
But I want you to think with me for a moment or two about his attitude because what I think about Paul, Paul was an eternal optimist. When I think about the Apostle Paul, I think about somebody who always looked at life positively. And so with that in mind, I want to begin as I share this point with you. I want to go back with you for a moment and look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 for a moment. And listen, if you would, to what Paul says with regard to his ministry and the trials that he faced in his ministry. And I want to begin by talking about his attitude towards serving the Lord. And two things stand out. Number one, Paul was courageous. Here was a guy that was willing to look death in the eyes. He was courageous and he was a man of conviction. So in verse 8 he said, We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. And then listen to him in verse 9. He said, We're persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Paul was this eternal optimist, and he, he no doubt have, had a deep, deep faith in Almighty God. And there are a lot of folks that give way to the difficulties of life. They are perplexed, and yet in their perplexities, as they face the difficulties of life, they drown in despair, but not Paul. And then I want you to look with me at the book of Acts for a moment. Go back and look at Acts. I want you to see something about his courage and his conviction. In Acts chapter 20, Paul is talking to the elders of the church from Ephesus. They're in Miletus. They've met there. And Paul rehearses his ministry among them. And so he said in verse 18, You know from the first day that I came to Asia in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was helpful. But he said, proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God, faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 22. He said in verse 22, And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that await me. But he said, None of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. Paul's saying, Look, the Holy Spirit testifies that in every city, here's what I have to look forward to. Listen again, chains and tribulations. How do you like to have that on the docket as you travel? How do you like to have that on your work docket for the next week or the next several weeks? You can go back and you can trace the missionary endeavors of the Apostle Paul, and there are three missionary endeavors spoken of by Luke in the book of Acts. And here is the Apostle Paul. He's standing before these elders, elders and he's talking about the fact that, look, the Holy Spirit is testifying that here's what I've got to look forward to, chains and tribulations. So here's my question. We talk about the courage, 
the commitment, the consecration of the Apostle Paul, the difficulties that he's faced, the difficulties that he will face. So the real question is, all right, Paul, how then do you make it day by day? How do you maintain this optimistic spirit? How do you get through the day knowing that here's what's awaiting? Trials, tribulations, difficulties, heartaches and sorrows. I mean, tell me, Paul, how can I equip my life so that when I face these tough times, I, like you, can get through them? I want to share with you what I believe to be some principles that Paul lived by. And really what I want to do is share five principles with you. When I look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, I think about this catalog of things that Paul faced in life. I know that in many, many ways, it is very difficult for me to get into the mindset of Paul and to really understand where he's been and where he is and what he's facing in life. I can read about it. I can study about it. I can trace his steps. But to get inside his life and to really understand and to feel what he felt, sometimes that's tough. But it might be the case that you're facing rough times in your life right now. Maybe you're having difficulties at work. Maybe you've got an employer that's making life miserable for you and you hate your job. And maybe, maybe your boss makes it his task every day to critique you and point out every single thing that you do wrong. Maybe you've got a husband or a wife that's not with you, not on the same page. Maybe you've got a mate that makes life difficult for you. And because of that, you have a very rough existence. It might be the case that you have children that are trying your patience, breaking your heart, and hurting you. I mean, we're talking about you are hurting deep, deep down to the core. So how do we deal with these adversities? It might be the case that you're facing some type of debilitating illness, disease. Could be the case that you're being taunted because you're a Christian, verbally abused. Maybe there are those that you go to school with. Maybe there are those that are your friends your co-workers, whomever. They poke fun at you. They laugh at you. They call you, they call you a goody-two-shoes. Well, how do we respond? How do we get through those rough times in life? I want to share with you five principles. Number one, it is my conviction that Paul lived in the presence of God. He lived in the presence of God day in, day out, 24-7. Do you believe that? Some years later, Paul would write to the saints in Philippi. I said a moment ago that Paul had spent time in Philippi, spent time in prison in Philippi. When he wrote to the church at Philippi, do you know what he said in chapter 4? Paul is writing and he is optimistic. He is encouraging them to find joy in the Lord, to rejoice in the Lord. 
And Paul would say in verse 5, listen to him, he said, the Lord is at hand. I think what Paul is saying is, I might be in prison, you might be facing some tough times in your life, but here's what you need to understand. The Lord is nearby. Wherever we go in life, whatever we face in life, no matter how rough the seas might get, no matter how, no matter how difficult life might get, Always remember, God is present, isn't He? I mean, think about that. You remember what the Hebrew writer said in Hebrews chapter 13? Here's what he said, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Paul might have written the book of Hebrews, I don't know. But I know that the apostle Paul believed in the presence of God in his life. And let me tell you what, when you face rough times in your life, and we're talking about trying to become resilient in rough times, one of the ways that we can make it when, when life has thrown us a curve is to remember the presence of God. There's a second thing I want to share with you. The first is Paul lived in the presence of God. Secondly, he lived in prayer to God. Go back and look at Acts chapter 16 when Paul is in Philippi. He and Silas, they've been beaten, they've been placed in stocks, their feet have been fastened in stocks. I can only imagine the pain, the bleeding. They're hurting. And yet, you know what Luke says that they did on that occasion? The Bible says at midnight... They prayed to God. Paul's faced a tough day. Probably hasn't gone as maybe he had expected. He's in prison. He's been beaten with rods. And he and Silas, here they are praying to God. Now, you know, when you face tough times in life, and it may be that you're not faced with rough times right now, but you will. Rest assured, we live in a world that is subjected to difficulty and trial and tribulation. Life is not perfect. As much as, we, as much as we might like to think that life is perfect in many ways, and sometimes it may be picture perfect for, for a while, but the bottom line is tough times often come, don't they? So how did Paul deal with that? Let me tell you what, he spent time in prayer to God. So when we face rough times in life, what should we do? Don't you think we ought to pray? Didn't Jesus teach in Luke 18 that men ought to always pray and not faint or grow discouraged? You think about all the spiritual blessings that you enjoy in life, one of which is the presence of God. The second of which is you have the right, the privilege of bowing in the presence of God at any time, day or night. And here's the beauty of it, He'll hear your prayers. And you think about, you have the creator of the earth in tune to what you're saying. Are you hurting? You're facing rough times? You feel like you've been betrayed? Sold out? Somebody hurt you? You feel like you've lost, you've, you've lost your allies? You feel like you're losing the battle when it comes to life itself? Pray about it. I like what Paul said to the church at Thessalonica. Paul not only prayed 
to God. But Paul encouraged others to pray to God on his behalf, didn't he? Remember 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 25? Paul said, brethren, pray for us. There are things that go on in life. There are tough times that, that we experience in life. And sometimes, sometimes I don't have the answer. Sometimes you don't have the answer. Sometimes the experts, quote unquote, don't have the answers, do they? So to whom do we turn? Where do we turn? What do you do? Don't you think that there are times in life when the best thing we can do is drop down on our knees and pray to God? You know, Peter said the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and His ears are open to their prayers. John would write in 1 John chapter 5, This is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. You remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane praying to the Father about the death that ultimately would come to pass at Calvary? The Hebrew writer said, speaking of that occasion, that He offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto Him who was able to save Him from death. And here's what the writer said, and He was heard. God heard His Son's prayers in the garden, and He will hear your prayers. He will hear my prayers. Why? Because we are children of God, aren't we? I think one of my favorite passages in the book of Hebrews is chapter 4, when the writer said, Let us therefore draw boldly under the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When you read 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and Paul's talking about all these perils that he's faced. The fact that he's been stoned, that he's been shipwrecked. He spent a night and a day in the deep. He's been wearied. He's sleepless. He is hungry. He's thirsty. He's cold. He's naked. Don't you think on those occasions it would have been proper to pray? To ask God for greater strength? To look to God for His help? Sure. There's a third thing I want to share with you. First, he lived in the presence of God. Secondly, he lived in prayer to God. Thirdly, he lived in praise to God. Now, that might seem strange. Here is Paul. He's faced with adversity. He's faced with trial in life. And yet, when you read the writings of Paul, what stands out to you? One of the things that stands out to me is his praise. His undying praise to God, come what may. Go back to Acts chapter 16. In Acts 16, he's been beaten. He's been placed in prison. And the Bible says he is praying and doing what? Do you remember? Remember what the text says? He's singing praises to God. Does that seem odd to you? You know, how many of us would have responded in that way? We're hurting. Maybe we're tired. Maybe we're cold. Maybe we're hot. Are we hungry, thirsty, whatever, whatever the case may have been. But to praise God, to lift up our voices in praise 
to the Creator. That's what Paul did. I mentioned a moment ago Philippians chapter 4. When Paul wrote this epistle, he was in a Roman prison. The time was about A.D. 61 or 62. And Paul, and if you will go through the book of Philippians, those four chapters, one of the things that will stand out the number of times that Paul talks about joy or rejoicing in the Lord. So he's writing to these Christians. He's in prison. And Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. You think Paul knew something about praise for God? I think sometimes praising God can help us refocus. Praising God tends to take our minds off of ourselves on God, doesn't it? So, Paul lived in praise to God. There's another thing. He lived in the power of God. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you think the Apostle Paul knew something about the spiritual strength and support that he had from the Lord? I don't think Paul was a superman, but I think he was a superman in many respects. I think he demonstrated a Christ-like spirit everywhere he went. And one of the things that stands out to me about the life of Paul is he plugged into the power of God. He knew that the source of his strength was God. And let me tell you what, there are times in life when the seas are rough and life as we know it has changed. And we need God's strength and power, don't we? Do you remember back in Psalm 55, David, of course, is writing. And David has faced some tough times. As a matter of fact, he's been betrayed by somebody very close to him. And David makes this observation. He said, cast your burden on the Lord. And do you remember what he said he'll do? He will sustain you. He will not suffer the righteous to be moved. Peter would say it like this, casting all your cares on the Lord. Why? Because He cares for you. And so to remember that we have, we have strength in God. There's a, there's a fifth thing that I want to share with you. I'm convinced that Paul lived in the promises of God. What do you fear the most? What's your greatest fear in life? Could I tell you what I think most of us fear the most? It's death. Would you agree? I mean, there are a lot of things that we might potentially fear in life. And there are things that, in many respects, would be far worse than physical death. But had we had the opportunity to sit down with the Apostle Paul, and maybe talk to him a little bit about life and death and trials and tribulations and the, the things that he faced in life. From my vantage point, I think if we had had the opportunity to sit down with Paul and say, you know what, Paul, tomorrow, 
they're going to take your life. You know, what he, you know what I think he'd have said? I think he would have said, thank God, you're doing me a favor. Well, how do I know that? Because you remember back in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, when Paul said, for to me to live is Christ, to die is gain, to depart and be with Christ is far better. I think what Paul longed for was to be in the presence of God. Paul wanted to go home and be with God. And so when I think about the promises of God and the many blessings that we face in this life, look if you would at 2 Timothy chapter 4. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, listen to Paul as he writes his final letter. Verse 6. I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. The time of my departure is at hand. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. He said, finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved His appearing. I think one of the things that, that kept Paul in the race and kept him going from day to day, was trusting in the promises of God. And that promise was, you know what, I've got a home for you waiting. And when all the debris and smoke clear from this life, one of the things that we, that we can bank on, there is a better place waiting on us, isn't there? You know, we lost some people to death through the years. Death has claimed some of our best members, but our loss has been their gain, hasn't it? God had a place waiting on them, and God has a place waiting on us. God had a place waiting on the Apostle Paul. So Paul could say, look, let me tell you what, if you think you're going to hurt me by putting me to death, you've got another thing coming. I'm bound for the promised land. You remember 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul said, For we know that if this earthly house, this tent be destroyed, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Imagine, if you can, when they took the apostle Paul out to behead him. Historians say that he was beheaded by Nero Caesar. Was he executed by the Roman sword? I can only imagine as Paul made his way out. And let's just say that they said, Paul, get down on your knees. As he got down on his knees, you think he was praying? You think he was thinking about being with the Lord? I doubt he ever heard the sword touch the back of his neck. Gone just like that. And in just that span of time in the presence of God left this world to be with the Lord. So tonight what I want to encourage us to do is be armed and ready for rough times.
Be resilient. You know, in Romans chapter 5, Paul talks about how tribulation works perseverance, perseverance character, character hope. Life's not easy, is it? And so when we face difficult times in life, to look at life as Paul did and to trust him, come what may. Let's pray. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we're grateful for the opportunity to study. We're thankful for the life of Paul and we're grateful for his example. And Father, we pray that when we face rough times in this life, that we would not lose heart, that we would not give up, but that we would trust in you, in your provisions, in your promises. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, I want to encourage you to come to Christ, believing that Jesus is the Son of God, to do as Peter did, to make that good confession, to be baptized into Christ so that all your sins can be washed away as they did on Pentecost Day, as reported by Luke in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Some 3,000 souls obeyed the gospel. They did so to have their sins forgiven. Verse 38, God put them in the church and He'll do the same for you tonight. If you're here tonight, you're not faithful to His cause, you need to come home, maybe, you, maybe you're struggling in life. And maybe, maybe life's not going the way you planned. And you just need the prayers of fellow Christians. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you tonight as we stand and sing.